welcome to the voice of Dr. Yan, and I am your host, Dr. Li Meng Yan. In this episode, I'm going to explain and describe one of the most serious department in the Chinese Communist Party, and this department actually is CCP's top special agents training and management department, and it has a name called. International Liaison Department of CCP. However, on their official website, they use the name of International Department of CCP. But I will use International Liaison because first, this is the name on Wikipedia, and also this is a name more consistent with the Chinese name. And this liaison is a very Low-profile department, and its lack of the public documents to talk about this department.、Uh, basically, that you only can get the pieces of the puzzles to understand this department. And I can explain to you. Maybe I think we we will do it in the later episodes again and again.、Uh, this department's history and the story. One of the important reason is that we have our exclusive sources in the Chinese Communist Party. They want us to provide this knowledge to help Americans understand how CCP works in the special agents field, and this kind of、uh, agents. How could you try to、uh, focus on them, identify them, because? They clearly become more and more aggressive, according to Xi Jinping's instruction, and also they will cause the very huge damage. And they have already caused very huge damage all over the world. But they will do it because now America is the top enemy, and these people, once they start to work, and I mean, once they start to. Accept the specific operation or mission for CCP and、uh, work all together or or work very actively for certain purposes. They could cause very serious damage, especially if there is a lack of awareness of these people. So before we talk about the international liaison department and its history, its background, let's see one news. So this news was published by the CCP's official state news agency Xinhua News Agency on the fifteenth July, and in this news, they have talked about the one conference, a commendation conference held in Beijing on fourteenth July for the Chinese state security system. As we have talked in the previous series, that uh. Uh, the CCP's state security system is the、uh, CCP's overseas intelligence department, and also they will do the operations. You can simply consider it as、uh, CIA in the United States. So in this conference, the top intelligence director of CCP. Chen Wenqing has gave the speech, and here I just want to 
uh, let you remember that, put you remind that Chen Wenqing is not just the high-ranking officer. In our episode back to end of May this year, I have talked about Chen Wenqing because he is one of the most trustworthy person for Xi Jinping, and he was the former uh, MSS, the Ministry of State Security Director, and he's promoted to be the Secretary of the Central Political and Legal Affairs Commission of CCP. You can briefly uh, consider it as the Central Commission for CCP's intelligence, law enforcement team management, and the judicial system. So this guy, the top intelligence uh, director, Chen, he gave the speech. Most of the things is not uh, fresh content because in all this kind of conference in China, you have to talk about insist on the Xi Jinping's thought and uh, um, insist on the absolute direction uh, by the uh, instruction by the CCP. And also you have to be the loyal person, uh, loyal organization for CCP, and this will all be for the uh, Great China Rejuvenation. And this is uh, again and again to brainwash uh, people about the nationalism and also the uh, CCP's patriotic education. So uh, it is to um, strengthen the fascism in China. However, we won't talk about this conference because something surprising happened in this conference in the speech by Chen Wenqi. Chen also mentioned that the national security, uh, national state security uh, system has been promoted the covered front work since the 20th National Congress, which was held back to last fall in Beijing under CCP's direction. And they have made the uh, new achievement. And therefore, uh, Chen, on behalf of CCP, demand that all the department in CCP's intelligence legal system and related departments must highly emphasize and support the covered front work because it will provide strong help for the state security department and the related work. So here is a question. What is the covered front Chen mentioned again and again in this speech. Most of people would be very strange to this world, even Chinese people. Yes, we have heard about it as Chinese from the TV, from movie, or from the literatures. And most of the this term are used in the stories happened in World War II. Uh, about how the CCP fight against their enemies. And of course, it mentioned the spies, special agents for CCP. But when they start to use the covered from this term, what's the difference of these spies, these special agents, 
compared to the other people we've introduced, like for example the the agents for the overseas police station, which come mainly come from the Ministry of Public Security, China's FBI, or the United Front. Right, we have talked about the CCP youth Chinese people or pro CCP champion overseas, uh, also in the religious field in China, as well as a professional field which may have uh, many non CCP members. So to do their uh, this kind of espionage or uh, agent work. However, when we talk about the covered front, it's about some more hidden, more sophisticated uh, campaign all over the world who's working for CCP, who get very well trained and they are selected by CCP, even can be back to their childhood. And these people were cultivated to be CCP special agents, espionage spies, uh, but they also can have other positions to cover they're the agent position. And actually, most of these agents, unless the people inside the department who know their positions, outside people won't know their international liaison position. They may say, okay, this person come from the People's Liberation Army, uh, that person come from the Ministry of Public Security, and the other come from maybe United Front or uh, Ministry of State Security. And they don't know who has the international liaison background. And uh, this international liaison background can guarantee these people are the kind of elite or more professional uh, more trained agents in this department in uh, overseas who maybe looks like the uh, very ordinary business guy or maybe looks like the professor, uh, looks like some uh, artist, musician, uh, or maybe like the real estate agents. They could have the, all the type of the ordinary positions to cover up. And most of them are not identified at all by the foreign governments or the foreign counterintelligence departments. And this is a kind of secret weapon for Chinese Communist Party. And that's why here, when we see the covered front was mentioned again and again, so rarely in public by the top intelligence director of CCP. We need to be aware of the meaning behind it. And first of all, we should understand the background of this mysterious international liaison department of CCP. So the covered front was made and developed mainly by the International Liaison Department. And International Liaison Department, and this department was established back to 1951 when Chairman Mao established the new China and soon after they established this department. And this department is under the Chinese Communist Party, under the Central Com uh, Commission of CCP. So 
when we talk about the intelligence uh, functions of this department, we need to have have some understanding of party, government, and the military in China. CCP is the uh, ruler of the regime, right? So in China, CCP is the dominant party uh, with the absolute power, and everything has to be uh, consistent with CCP's ideology and CCP's uh, regulations policies. So we know that China is a terrorist country. But when we talk about the department under CCP Central Commission versus the uh, department in the China government and in the military, we should also know the background knowledge is that CCP Central Commission is superior to the government and the military. So basically, in CCP and in government and in military, they all have their own intelligence department. But the intelligence department and of course other departments directly under CCP Central Commission would be more important and more superior to the other similar departments under the government and the military. And so what what are the intelligence department directly under CCP Central Commission? One is the uh, in international liaison in charge of the overseas network and intelligence uh, operations. Another one is the one we are very familiar with called United Front Work Department. And by the way, when we talk about the intelligence department under the government, mainly we are talking about the Ministry of the uh, State Security and the Ministry of the Public Security. And of course, the Ministry of Foreign Affairs, those diplomats and the staff, they are the uh, very uh, traditional agents for CCP. And also for the military, we usually call it as general staff of People's Liberation Army. But Xi Jinping has already did the reformation of the military back to 2015. So currently, the name is called Intelligence Bureau of the Joint Staff Department of the Central Military Commission. And there are other people on behalf of this department will work in the other department, in the party, in the government, or in the military. But that's not the main part we are talking about. Okay, so now we have known that International Liaison Department is important. It's a top intelligence department. Then how could we know it is an intelligence department? We can come back to the history before it was established in 1950s. At that time, it was almost uh, the eve of the first civil war in China in the 20th century. So Chinese Communist Party was just founded several years ago in 1921 by Soviet Union. And another party, which is actually more powerful at that time in China, is called KMT, Kuomintang. Its English name is a Chinese Nationalist Party. 
and it is now moved to Taiwan after the 1949, the new China established and become one of the most important uh, party in Taiwan. So Kuomintang was also funded by Soviet Union. So that tells us these two party, two main parties in China back to 20, uh, 1920s, all the puppets, all the offsprings of the Soviet Union. So they also have very strong conflicts between each other. So that's why the civil war at that time is going to happen. And the KMT, it was dominant at that time. So they want to eliminate the CCP members in China. And that's why CCP realized they need to have the special agents. And then they sent their, some of the important people back to Soviet Union to study these uh, technologies, knowledge uh, from KGB. And the founder of this Armistice Special Agents uh, work for CCP is the person later become the uh, second powerful person in New China with Chairman Mao, whose name is Zhou Enlai. He's a, a prime minister in China for over 20 years until his death, which is the end of the Cultural Revolution. So those people get trained by KGB in Soviet Union in 1925. Until 1927, they have established the first special agents department in China. And at that time, they called it a CCP Central Special Agent uh, Work Department. And later it was changed to the name of CCP's Central Special Operation Department. So since 1927, when this department developed and Zhou Enlai became the first leader of the whole organization, and they have developed four departments in this organization for special agents work. And that becomes the ancestor of CCP's special agent work in the future. The fourth part is first one for the general staffs in the CCP itself. For example, it will take care of the documents of the CCP members because at that time, CCP was illegal in China and the members has to cover up their uh, identities as CCP member. So who knows their CCP member? The document will be uh, managed by this special agents, Department 1. And uh, the Department 2 is for the intelligence collection and establish the intelligence network. The third one is for the defense. What is defense? That means they were specifically focusing on the traitors of CCP and punish the traitors, which means they will kill the traitor or disappear the traitors. And the fourth one is for the communication. Basically, you can consider it as a technology uh, support department. And Joe Enlai and other people, they have also provided training through this organization to train them using the uh, Soviet Union's technology, including how to uh, counter intelligence, how to do the code breaking, and how to use uh, encrypted uh, technologies.
So at that time, because the other party, KMT, the legal party in China at that time, hasn't developed their special agent team. That's why CCP has implanted so many people into KMT's government. And also, they have managed to convince KMT's people to work for CCP as CCP's secret members. And that really helped a lot for CCP's survival, and actually it helped CCP later on to grab the power in China after World War II. So here, what I want to mean is CCP has learned the Soviet Union's technology and knowledge to develop the special agents uh, system. And they have done it very well in China. That means they know how to apply the Chinese culture and also according to the situation to fight against their enemies. Even the other party, KMT, which also later learned from Soviet Union and established their special agent system and has more power than CCP at that time, cannot win CCP. So that's why CCP is always very proud of their special agent's work. And based on the experience they accumulated through the Civil War period and World War II period, CCP believes that this kind of work will help them to maintain their power and grab more power. And the covered front is developed since that time and also become the very special uh, part in the CCP's uh, special agent work. So according to one document which reflected the CCP's earliest special agent work back to 1920s, uh, 1930s, it says that the covered work has a very significant difference compared to the other special agents of CCP. And the most important thing you have to remember in the covered front is to lurk. That means you have to stay quiet and you will have your own positions in the enemy system, but you cannot expose your identity and your ideology and not let anyone have the suspicions that you may work for CCP. So the highest level of the covered front is that during the war or after the war, in CCP's enemy's campaign, if you are the only agent survive in that campaign, then you should also keep quiet and you should not anyone find that you are the CCP's agent and you work for them Finally, maybe at one day, you suddenly receive a very important mission from CCP. And at that time, you will do something and you don't mind to sacrifice yourself to get some intelligence or do some, uh, do some operation for CCP to complete what CCP wants. However, if you didn't receive any mission in your life until the death, then that means you are also the very great warrior for CCP in the covered front because CCP is using people's war. Remember that? 
People's wall means they won't only rely on single person, and they use people as the disposal tools. So you thought you may be the only warrior in the enemy's camping, but you really don't know how many others are also CCP's members in the covered front. And even the maybe it could be the colleague you face to every day, and you would believe each other as a very loyal member for your enemy's camping. But turns out both of you can be CCP's covered front agent, and then so you need to have this strong faith, be loyal to CCP, and always remember you don't know who else are in the same、uh, camping with you, and you always need to image you would be the only one fighting. For CCP's purpose in enemy's campaign, and then even you didn't have any、uh, mission from CCP until your death, it also means you have shown your value to CCP in their covered front, because CCP will make the decision to select certain person at certain moment for the special operation because they have already spread so many spies in the. Other、uh, in the enemy's campaigns, and they are just like pick up the useful person、uh, according to their purpose, as how we order from the menu based on our taste or our feelings at that day. And that also shows CCP is a very anti-human organization. See, if they don't mind the, the personal feeling, and they don't mind this individual's life. I mean, he could be. Only in the so-called enemies' campaign because he get totally brainwashed and they believe they should serve CCP and CCP just kind of abandon him there and also tell them, yeah, this is not abandoned. This is you are always waiting, prepare to uh sacrifice for CCP for the holy mission and、uh, you should know this is the way we work. So in this way. CCP can use people as weapon, and also it's really very very difficult and almost impossible for the enemy's campaign, for the opposite campaign, to find out who are CCP's members in their covered front until this person receives a mission and、uh, he completes it and the damage get caused. Still, most probably. You don't know who has done that because this person may only have one operation in his life, and that's why you cannot apply the common tactics to locate this person, to observe the suspect, and then get the result, right? Because it's mainly like the disposal things, and you have no idea who has done that. And again, next time. CCP will change to another person in the covered front in your campaign. Active that person, so there is no idea you can find the clues unless they exposed by themselves, right? So in the next section, I will tell you some examples about the people who work in the covered front, and then we'll talk about the international liaison department of CCP because. Since the new China get established, this becomes the top department in charge of the members and the covered front. So let's have a short rest and go back. Thank you. 
world-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company launched the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. Be a part of a revolutionary new healthcare system that puts your health and well-being above the interests of Big Pharma's bottom line. It's the way healthcare should be. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. Copix RX Nasal Solution has completed the circle and is now offering throat spray with povidone iodine. That completes the protocol doctors like Peter McCullough recommend. If staying healthy is important, you'll want to make sure to add throat spray to your next order of Copix RX. For a limited time and exclusive for America Out Loud listeners only, you can save 25% off your entire order. Let's double down against colds, flus, strep, RSV, HRV, COVID, and more. Click the banner or go to America Out Loud shop to get 25% off your entire order. Use coupon code OUTLOUD25. That's coupon code OUTLOUD25. Maintaining a strong immune system has never been more critical. Nutrition company Healthy Cell created Immune Super Boost to help you strengthen your immunity. Unlike other supplements that don't work, Immune Super Boost is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed nutrients proven to support immunity, like vitamin C, D3, zinc, elderberry, and echinacea. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free, love it, or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com, code out loud. You wouldn't go a day without brushing your teeth or washing your hands. What about washing your nose? I mean, your nose does filter the air you breathe, air loaded with bacteria, viruses, and irritants. Make nasal hygiene part of your routine with Clear. No messy bottles to fill, no drowning sensation. Clear is a natural drug-free saline with the added benefit of xylitol, which blocks bacterial and viral adhesion. Available in stores and online at clear.com. That is X-L-E-A-R.com. For 25 years, Global Healing has proudly produced the highest quality supplements and cleansing programs that are rooted in nature and backed by science. Get 15% off all of our products using code OUTLOUD. Global Healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. We are fighting the ultimate fight between good and evil. AmericaOutloud.com replaces groupthink with innovative think. Well, it was Walt Whitman, the poet, who said, Keep your face always toward the sunshine, and shadows will fall behind you. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Liberty and justice for all. Welcome back to the voice of Dr. Yin. In the last section, we've talked about that recently the CCP's chief intelligence director has talked in the conference in Beijing that the covered front work would get more support by CCP and also highly uh, praised the covered front work. So I have briefly introduced the what covered front is, and also we're talking about what are the examples of the covered front members. So first, according to CCP's important document, 
we can see that there are different types of people in the covered front. And they can be the professional people, and they can be the person have a ordinary job. And they don't all need to be the military style. They don't look like the uh, agent at all, but they will use their work to contribute to CCP in a secret way. For example, there is one lady in the document who was a student and she was employed by KMT, which was CCP's most powerful enemy back to the Civil War and World War II period. So this girl is actually the member of the covered front. And when she got this job in KMT, her work is to take the shorthand note for KMT's meetings. And that's why she can get access to a lot of classified information after a while. And she used her job to deliver this kind of information secretly to CCP, which helps CCP a lot. And another person who is very famous in China, and he had lived for over 100 years and passed away in 2004. His name is Chen Hansheng. This person was known as a very famous scholar because if you see his life, he has been to U.S. for study when he was 18 years old in 1915. That was almost the earliest Chinese student who go to U.S. for study. And then he went to Chicago University and again went to Harvard University as Ph.D. After that, he went to Germany because he also learned German and also Russian. After that, he go back to China, become the foreign history professors in Peking universities in 1924. And later he got influenced by the CCP members in China. So some of the initial CCP members realized this person is so important and so useful, they introduced him to the Soviet Union ambassador. So Chen Hansheng later received the further education by those communists from Russia. However, publicly, Chen was a member in KMT, CCP's opponent party. And CCP members told Chen, don't show his attitude to support CCP. So Chen became the covered front member for CCP in the other party. And Chen didn't expose his attitude towards CCP. So that's why later he got a very important job in the institute in the think tank of KMT. And he did a lot of very important research using this position. Also, during World War II, when China KMT was helping U.S. fight against the Japanese army, CCP did nothing. And Chen at that time was an important officer on behalf of KMT to go to U.S. and other countries for this kind of diplomatic affairs. And at that time, Chen used this chance to help CCP did a lot of secret communications and also convinced many young scholars to support CCP overseas.
And after World War II in 1945, at that time, Chen was in India for the business on behalf of KMT. But actually, he has get contacted with a lot of communists in India and helping uh, CCP from India. At that time, again, CCP's uh, intelligence director, John Lai, told Chen not come back to China at that time, but go to the United States to help China for the further work. Then he went to U.S. still on behalf of KMT and did a lot of things in D.C. in the uh, capital. Until 1950, when FBI visited him, Chen immediately escaped after that and go back to China, finish his covered front work, and soon become the new China's uh, top-ranking officers for the foreign affairs and also uh, related research. And according to CCP's document, Chen was the most important role behind the young scholars came back from U.S. after World War II working for CCP, including the Chinese missile uh, inventor Qin, uh, Qin Xuesen and also the top mathematician uh, Huang Wogeng. All these people have contributed a lot for CCP's military development. And Chen Hansheng didn't tell much about his story. And when a researchers for the CCP's history came to interview him, he told that researcher that I can't tell you about myself. All the things I have done need to be brought into the coffin. So in CCP's document, Chen Hansheng was uh, described as the first person in CCP's covered front. And he is an example for other members in CCP's covered front. So just want to let you think about how many people around us work for CCP in the covered front? We don't know. And what will they do when they receive the mission? We don't know. But what we know is they are all helping Chinese Communist Party, so that's why their common enemy is the United States. And let's see how Xi Jinping comment on the CCP's covered front. So the earliest CCP special agent department has developed the covered front, and they have done so many successful operations. So after that, it kept evolving, and until the new China got established in 1949, and soon after, they established the International Liaison Department, because now this is a nation, and they need to uh, uh, apply this kind of experience into their systems. Therefore, International Liaison Department of CCP was established as the top intelligence department in the whole system, together with United Front Work Department. And they have their different folks. Some of their work can be collaborative. And so it works with other departments together and uh, generated a very massive covered front since that time. And of course, they inherited the covered front back to the World War II. And compared to the United Front Network, International Liaison Department focuses on the foreign country, foreign uh, government, and also 
foreign uh, manpowers. So that means they actually are working on the revolution, subversion, using this kind of special agents in the other countries to make this uh, government finally become CCP's allies. So if you are familiar with the Communist Party's history, now you may realize that there's something in common between the international liaison and the communist international. So for the people who don't quite understand communist international, briefly, it was an organization uh, founded by Soviet Union Communist Party from 1990 to 1943, which uh, insists on the Marxism and Leninism, and they, their job is to work with people, the labor forces in other countries, and to uh, even get the armed force, take over the local government, and to change this kind of uh, governance into the communist government. And of course, it will spread the communism. So after the 1943, this organization was dissolved, but it doesn't mean the communist international has already gone. Actually, it has changed into other format. For example, one of the famous ones called Cominform is for intelligence among these uh, communist allies. And uh, this international liaison also learned from the communist international and CCP developed it to be CCP's communist international. According to the current introduction from CCP, there are eight major bureaus focusing on different regions all over the world under the International Liaison Department. And since I was asked by many American friends about these specific bureaus, here is a brief answer. So Bureau 1 is also called Asian Bureau 1. So it is working on the Asia countries, including the South Asian and some Southeast Asian countries. So that include India, Pakistan, Nepal, Sri Lanka, Indonesia, Thailand, Burma, and others. Bureau 2 focuses on Asia 2, and it focuses on the Northeast Asia, like Japan, South Korea, and Mongolia, as well as Vietnam, Laos, Cambodia. The third bureau is for the West Asia plus North Africa. The fourth one is for the other side of the Africa. And uh, the bureau five is focusing on the Latino American countries. So that means uh, recently when we're talking about the Chinese illegal migrants who are the military-aged people cross the southern border through the uh, Ecuador to the Darien Gap in, and also in Colombia, in Mexico, come to U.S., we know that Bureau 5 of International Liaison has done a lot to help them to organize, arrange the rules across Latino America, and that is a collective work in CCP. And Bureau 6, Folks on the East Europe country, uh, especially those countries after the collapse of the Soviet Union, it got become independent. And uh, we also 
have received the information from our exclusive source NCCP several months ago that Chinese Communist Party has uh, worked very actively at that time and the main team is uh, Bureau 6. So that tells us at that time Chinese Communist Party was working with their covered front and the other powers try to support Russia in the Russia-Ukraine war. And the seventh bureau is the one including U.S., Canada, North Europe, Sweden, Norway, Finland, Denmark, and the U.K. islands, as well as countries of Oceania area. The last one, Bureau 8, focus on the West Europe countries. So these different bureaus will focus on different regions to establish their espionage work, including the uh, covered front network, and also try to get many uh, as possible the uh, people betray their countries uh, and uh, work with them to create the chaos, to create the violent events, or the other style of the operations. Final result is they want to turn these countries become the communist countries and leave U.S. alone because U.S. is CCP's enemy and they want these countries become CCP's allies so they can establish the new world order together. And uh, if you still don't quite understand this concept, let me tell you another word, one belt, one road. So since Xi Jinping became chairman, in 2013, he started to uh, raise this one belt, one road project, and that become the fundamental of this kind of campaign for CCP to uh, recruit their allies and uh, to make them uh, corrupted, to make them uh, get away from U.S., or to do something through these countries to undermine U.S. and American allies. So one belt, one road is a project mainly conducted by the uh, international liaison. So after 10 years, until June 2023, there are already over 150 countries and 32 international organizations have joined the One Belt, One Road project collaborate with China. That includes the uh, over 50 countries in Africa, over 40 countries in Asia, except for Japan and in Europe, there are 27 countries, but UK, France, Germany, these countries not included. In the, in the Oceania area, there are 11 countries, uh, even New Zealand joined it, but Australia didn't. And in America, so America and Canada didn't join it, but 22 countries in American continent has drawn the One Belt, One Road. And talking about the international organizations, many of them are the programs under the United Nations. For example, the United Nations Development Program and also the United Nations Children's Fund, the United Nations uh, Con Conference of uh, on the Trees and Development, as well as WHO, the World Health Organization, and the International Criminal Police Organization, the World Economic Forum, as well as many other uh, 
very influential the organizations. So that shows CCP's aggression in the past 10 years, as well as a massive infiltration and manipulation conducted by CCP's top intelligence campaign and their covered front all over the world. And when we talk about this, also I want to remind you about the COVID-19 origin and the cover-up done by the WHO. So WHO is already the collaborative organization for CCP's One Belt, One Road organization. That means CCP has already convinced the, the very important roles in these organizations to pro-CCP, and they won't get the benefits from CCP. So that's why when the COVID happened, the WHO didn't do much to protect the public health. Instead, they become CCP's puppet. And one thing I want to tell people in this episode is, before I reveal the, all this kind of truth of COVID origin, when I was still in Hong Kong at the University of Hong Kong, I was told secretly that the current Director General of the WHO Dr. Tadros from Ethiopia is a communist international. And not only Dr. Tadros, the former director general of WHO from 2006 to 2017, right before Dr. Tadros, was a Chinese Canadian doctor, Margaret Chen. And Margaret Chen is also a communist international. And Again, I was told that my previous boss, the director of that WHO reference lab at the University of Hong Kong, Dr. Malik Paris from Sri Lanka, is also the Communist International. At that time, I don't quite understand the meaning, but when I get into the renovation, the investigation of the COVID-19, and the more materials I got, the more I understand the meaning. These people are all the kind of members in the covered front for Chinese Communist Party and the similar communist campaigns. These people won't show their identities as communists, and you would see them even can criticize Chinese Communist Party. But... In fact, they were using their positions and their resources to help Chinese Communist Party to build the international network specifically in the academic field, in the public health field, in the virology field. And that can explain why at the beginning of the Wuhan uh, outbreak, the WHO just rely on CCP's report and then get whatever CCP gives them to cheat the world. Of course, 100% cover up. And more than that, my boss, Malik Paris in Hong Kong University, he has a very dominant role to help CCP develop novel bioweapons using coronavirus and other pathogens cause the emerging infectious disease. And they are deeply involved into the 
propaganda misinformation of the origin of COVID-19, and they should be responsible for misleading the policies during the pandemic, which include a lot of mandate policies, especially the mandate vaccine policies. And uh, more than the one belt, one rule, the international liaison also have their own institute, own think tanks to do the research to develop their theories and tactics for the further operation, for better operations. So here I will just tell you the two think tanks name. One is called the China Center for Contemporary World Studies. And another one is called China Economic Cooperation Center. It doesn't mean the other think tanks or this kind of research centers in China has no international liaison's uh, background or no influence from international liaison. But these two are the uh, institute directly under the department. And there is one journal called Contemporary World. They will provide their uh, outcomes of the studies on this journal. And it is a very uh, high-ranking journal in CCP's academic field. So after the development of over 70 years, the International Liaison Department has already learned how to use a disguise to chase the world. Usually people will think that it's just as a communication department with, uh, which has an open attitude to different countries. Even you are not a communist country, they show they're very friendly to you. They just tell you they want to make friends with you and they want to make the friendship between China and your country longevity. However, this is uh, open for the gate for CCP to get into this country and they will do a lot of following work to establish their network secretly in this country. And here I can quote one word from the staffs, the high-ranking officers in the international liaison that the character of the international liaison, you can use the diplomatic guerrilla to describe it. And guerrilla warfare is a form of unconventional warfare uh, in which small group of the irregular militaries could, uh, with arms will uh, in a violent conflict in a war to fight against the, the regular military or the uh, regular forces. And uh, it focuses on avoiding head-on confrontations with the enemy armies typically due to the inferior arms or forces, and instead engage in limited small battles with the goal of exhausting adversaries and forcing them to withdraw. So CCP using this kind of unrestricted tactics in the diplomatic way through the international liaison to establish their network, to influence to control the uh, foreign uh, politicians or the policy makers or uh, intelligence agencies, whatever. And even they can cultivate the local people as their members in the covered front. And also, I want to just uh, tell you something new that our network, America Out Loud, has did some 
little change, we have used a new website, AmericaOutloud.news, to replace the previous one, AmericaOutloud.com. So please remember, if you want to listen to our broadcast after the live streaming and you want to read the articles our team wrote, so please visit us at AmericaOutloud.news. <laughs>